Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Enlighten Me podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and you're listening to episode 73 of the show, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Before we dive in, I want to take a second to thank a sponsor who is helping to make this show possible. Today's show is made possible by Goods and Better Store. Goods and Better is a shop featuring gear and home goods that benefit foster children. Through the Buy It Forward program, your Goods and Better purchase brings some better to a child entering foster care through their partnership with Foster the Family. Use the link in the show notes to shop Goods and Better today. All right, so today we are back with part two of my conversation with Christina and Pi, where we're talking about their story of being in an interracial and intercultural marriage. Last week in part one, we heard a lot about their journey and navigating the early years of dating, planning a wedding, and ultimately bridging two families from two very different backgrounds together. Now, if you missed that, please make sure you pause this and go back to listen to part one first. One thing that was so true coming away from that conversation was all the good relationship advice for any couple, no matter what their relationship looks like, and even for friendships and family relationships. And today is no different. We're continuing to hear more of Pi and Christina's advice, but we're also talking about some of the harder things. We're discussing what it's been like for them over the past year with so much attention on racial injustices in our country and how that's affected their relationships and their parenting. And speaking of parenting, their little guy joins us on this episode, but he was such a good little baby. You'll barely hear him. You'll probably forget that he's even there. I always joke that dogs are welcome on the show because I know mine likes to make an appearance every now and again, and plenty of other people's dogs like to do the same. And hey, babies are welcome too. This is real life over here. And I know firsthand that babies love to cry when you are in the prime time for recording podcast episodes. So in case you were wondering, babies are welcome on the show. While you're listening, don't forget about leaving a review. Reviews help more people to find this podcast because it tells Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you listen on that people like what I'm doing. And that's what I want. I want more people to hear these interviews and get enlightened by people like Pi and Christina. So would you please take a few minutes to leave a review? It really only takes a couple minutes. And if you need some more incentive, I give away $2 for every review I receive to two really cool organizations. So there you go. Why not take the time to do it. Make sure you also subscribe to the show so that you know when my next episode is available and share the show with friends. Word of mouth is actually even more helpful than reviews in spreading the news about this podcast, so I'd love it if you'd share that you're listening. All right, I'll let you get to work since I've given you a few jobs to do. Here is part two of my conversation with Pi and Christina. All right, we are back, but we do have a little one with us. <laughs> okay. So he might get his input every now and then. That's now. totally fine. Babies are, are welcome on the podcast. I have obviously been there, so. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I kind of wanted to switch gears anyways and speak about kind of more like recent things that are going on. And one of those is asking a little about your son, but before I ask about him, I feel like the past year was just totally crazy in general, like so much went down. And I guess I just wanted to ask you guys as an interracial couple, and as parents of a biracial son, how was the past year for you? How did it affect your family? How did you guys handle everything that went down? That's such a broad question, because 2020 was a little bit bonkers in, in more ways than one. Yeah. Pile, let you answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, 2020 was it was very difficult. Yeah, and I hope it wasn't just difficult for interracial couples. Right. I hope it was difficult for all Americans because 2020 was a year that we 
we're exposed to surface level or even under the surface level issues, uh, racial issues, justice issues that have been going on in the country for, for centuries. This is nothing new, but I feel like it was all at once, if you know what I mean. It was a mixture of emotions, honestly, Mackenzie. I mean, there's moments of pride of this, the city that we live in, being able to go out and peacefully protest and stand alongside cops, you know, to show the world that, hey, this issue is important, but this issue doesn't have to divide. Uh, because this this truly is about making sure that Black lives are cherished, not even cherished as human beings, not even politically, right? And I think the, the tough part was that many people politicized it. It became, because whenever you politicize an issue, it feels like all uh, sense of human understanding is gone because it's now a political issue. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, the, the subsurface of it is political, right? Because the only way change is going to happen is through the justice system. It's going to happen through uh, legislators making decisions. But I think that it became so extreme for some people that I became disheartened because people didn't see me as a, as a black man that wanted to be heard and seen that, hey, look, I've had these issues and I've lived in America and I've feared for my life in America. Yeah. I mean, I've ran in neighborhoods where guys in the, you know, these white guys in the truck would almost ran me over and like cuss me out. And I was like, what's going on? Like this, this happened to me personally. This isn't just a mod Aubrey, but this is something that's happened to me. I mean, my wife and I went to a, an apple festival in a small town and I, did not want to go to that town because it was a small, white, <laughs> rural town. And I was very nervous. And I told, but then I said, you know what? I'm going to go because this is what the Dr. Martin Luther King fought for, right? For me to be able to do stuff like this and not fear for my life. And we went. And then while we're walking at that festival, a man whispers in my wife's ear, the N-word, you know, to where only she could hear, but I couldn't hear. Yeah. So stuff like this it still goes on. And I think that it was it was a combination of like I said being proud of a select group of people, essentially their eyes being open and saying, "Hey, what can I do to make America a better place for everybody?" Uh-huh. Or I didn't know this this happened to you. Can I hear your story? But also it was very disheartening because I had people that would <laughs> disguise themselves as wanted to hear my story, but they just wanted to dissect my story. Mm. So I remember probably late that summer just being exhausted from talking to people. Yeah. And um, a white pastor actually shared this with me because I was like, I was telling him, I was like, hey, I'm really exhausted. I can't be the spokesperson. I can't be going around. And because I had people call me like that I hadn't talked to in years, like asking, hey, Pi, I want to learn more. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, Pi, you don't have to do this. You need to make sure that if if someone's reaching out to you, you haven't spoken to them in years. There's no relationship there. Whether they like it or not, they're they're usurping that path of relationship to where they're only getting gaining information. And what you need to do is refer them to resources. And if they follow up and read those resources and intake those resources, and then they come back to you and say, hey, this is what I'm learning. Can we talk about it? That's the start of a relationship. But you can't just expect everybody just to listen it's also not fair to you that they can just call you out of the blue. So that was one of the best pieces of advice that I ever had. Uh-huh. So literally when 
I would have good intentioned white friends call me that I hadn't talked to in years or message me on Facebook because literally I had tons. They'll say, hey, I want to talk to you. Hey, can you speak to my church about X, Y, Z? Can you speak to this group? I began to gently decline, yeah. not because I was mean, but because, hey, I said, hey, why don't you check out these resources? Why don't you check out our podcast? Why don't you do this first? And then reach back out to me and we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because in a way, I was testing the, the relational waters. Hey, if you really follow up and begin to dig deep in these resources, that means you truly want to go into the work of being anti-racist and of, of being a person that wants to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Because stuff like this, if we're not careful, will happen every year, right? You'll have another, if you're a church-going person, you'll have that one Sunday where you talk about racism and that's right. it. And you move on. Or you have, unfortunately, you have Black History Month and then you move on. Mm-hmm. And said like, hey, let's make Black history part of American history, like throughout. So it definitely, 2020 was, a, was definitely a, was a myriad, is that how you pronounce it? Myriad of yeah. emotions. Looking at my wife because she always corrects me how I <laughs> she's an English teacher. That's what they do. They think they're better than us. But it was married in emotions. Yeah. And I think we're still processing through that. Yeah. Because we still have relationships with people that we're close to that we feel hurt. Uh-huh. We feel unheard. Uh-huh. Or we feel like it we never got to continue because they're looking in with the eyes of it's a political lens instead of looking yeah at people they're looking at political issues so totally. i hope that kind of makes sense a little bit oh yeah 100 percent. that makes sense i mean it makes me sad to hear obviously like the impact that it had on relationships but i think also like while it's easy to be like oh 2020 it's also like it's just not over like i think our eyes were opened in 2020 for many of us to things maybe we didn't realize before but that doesn't mean like those events were just left behind in the year 2020. So it will be interesting to see what happens moving forward. But I was going to say, before I forget to mention this, you guys should definitely listen. And I'm not just saying this because it's like my podcast, but you guys, I don't know if you know who Chris Singleton is, but you guys have to listen to the episode that I did with him. He, he lives where I live. We're in Charleston, South Carolina. And his mother was killed in the shooting in the church here five years ago. Uh, It was a race-related shooting simply because she was black. And now he actually writes children's books to kind of like share this message of unity and racial reconciliation. And his brand is called Love, Love Your Neighbor. And so it's really cool what he's doing. And actually his... He just released his second book or is releasing it right now. Um, but his first book, I feel like you probably could relate to probably because it's about a young boy who moves from a country in Africa to Charleston and like what it's like for him to go to school in the U.S. and all kinds of stuff. So that's pretty cool. But but anyways, he came on the podcast just a few weeks ago and talked about kind of what you were saying about like this isn't like a political issue and by making it one, we're doing it such a disservice. Like, it's so much bigger than that. And so, yeah, it, I just had to tell you that before I forgot because I was like, oh, you guys would love Chris. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Well, we'll definitely check check Chris out. And yeah. we love Charleston, so hopefully oh, cool. uh, Chris has an extra bedroom or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have a place to stay here if you need one. You just let me know. I wanted to ask you, 
Obviously, now you have sweet little boy, five months old, you said. Are you okay with sharing his name on here? Yeah. Like on our public social media pages, we just call him K. Okay. <laughs> or little guy or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Protect his privacy. He's got my middle name. Yeah, and he has Pi's. Pi's name actually is his middle name. Oh, cool. I don't okay. That part probably. Yeah. But we just probably won't share his first name on this on the yeah. social medias. That's really cool. But I can hear him a little bit in the background, and I love it. Like the little <laughs> baby sounds are my favorite, and it makes me excited <laughs> to have a little baby in the house again so I totally don't mind so don't apologize but yeah I wanted to ask like how has having him in your lives now becoming parents how has that changed your outlook or shaped your outlook more on things and like what are you doing now now you're not just focusing on like this interculture interracial marriage but you're focusing on like raising a child and him knowing both of his cultures that he comes from or all of his cultures that he comes from so if you want to speak into that a little bit I would love to hear yeah so for me this summer was difficult especially when George Floyd died because I couldn't even watch the video my pregnancy hormones were very very high and Mm -hmm. I knew that he called out for his mom when he was as he was dying and that broke me because I didn't just see it wasn't something that was far away. It felt very close to home because, you know, yeah. my husband is black and my son, even though he's biracial, he will be perceived as black. And yeah. it just, I, I felt so protective of him and like wanting to shelter him from the world, but at the same time, wanting him to, to be prepared for the world that he was going to face. And I was actually talking, I had a a socially distanced masked coffee date with a friend and she's a new mama as well today. And we were talking about what it was going to be like to raise our kids because she also is white and her husband is Korean and wanting to make sure that our kids know that they're loved and be firm in their identity because we, you know, everybody feels left out at some point in their lives growing up. But when you've got the nuance of being a biracial kid that makes it, something that like we as the white moms can't relate to necessarily we can relate to Mm -hmm. feeling left out but we can't relate to like not having that feeling of like you know our son may may be like okay well I don't feel like I fit into the black American culture I don't feel like I fit into the white American culture I know that I'm Zimbabwean but you know I don't live in Zimbabwe so what does my identity look like so I think for me I've just become wanting to be very very intentional in how we speak life and identity into our son yeah. And also recognizing that there are things that I, as the white mom, cannot do that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to have to create space for my husband to parent in the way that he finds best. Like, even looking at our parenting techniques, I'm more of like the gentle parenting. And my husband's like, listen, we can do gentle parenting, but you've also got to recognize that, you know, if our son is 16 and a cop pulls him over, he's not going to kindly explain what's going on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna be a little bit more firm, so our son has to know how to respect that kind of authority sure and so it and, and that's something I never really thought we would have a conversation about I just thought we were going to be on the same page in our parenting techniques but that was you know very naive but the thing that I love mm-hmm. about our you know our relationship as husband and wife is that we have learned to communicate really well over the past seven years together yeah I mean mm-hmm. for our young son we want to make sure that he's emotionally taken care of that he feels safe 
but it's also a foundational like as for us as parents we're figuring out what that looks like <laughs> we've never become parents before so we're trying to figure out what does that look like to be parents that have different parenting styles and it's also culturally and what does that look like with, with grandparents in the picture on one end you have you know christina's grandparents are more very american right very hands-off and then you have my parents who are very hands-on because that's a cultural thing mm-hmm. so having to communicate christina that hey it's normal that my mom my mom makes comments and offers suggestions because that's how womanhood is portrayed in, in Zimbabwe. It's not that you're doing bad because sometimes in American culture, it does perceive like the mom law doesn't trust you because I totally understand that, right? Mm-hmm. If your in-laws asking questions and making suggestions about certain things. And then also like even with, with raising, I know a lot of, it's a big saying, and you know, grandparents are there to spoil the kids. You know, but that's not necessarily the grandparents in my culture either. You know, that a lot of times what happens is the parents will go to work and the grandparents are kind of in retirement age. So they're the ones that stay home with the kids and they raise them and they teach them the ways. So that's kind of like we're trying to discover how's that going to look like within the American context. Mm-hmm. Doing our best to speak like my, my parents only speak our native language, which is Shona, to our son. I'm doing my best mm-hmm. to do that, but it's hard because... Obviously, if my wife is there, I want to speak English, um, right. but I want to make sure that he knows the language. So we're, we're trying our best. And one of our core values is when he's of age, we want to commit to going back home consistently to the point yeah. where he feels connected. So that takes sacrifice. It takes it, it needs to be part of our value system if we are going to make this family and intercultural family, because if we don't make those decisions and the steps, then it doesn't become an intercultural family. It just becomes an American family, right. uh, which isn't bad. But one thing that we appreciate the richness of our relationship is that there's many different facets to it. So yeah. we don't have a we don't have an answer. We're figuring it out, and we'll let you know <laughs> in about three years if it comes out okay. Uh, <laughs> if it comes out not being able to speak any language, it's because <laughs> we kept messing around with different different languages. Yeah, my sister actually lives in Colombia, South America, and so she and her husband speak Spanish in their home. So some, I'm like, well, I need our son to know how to talk to his cousins one day. So I'll say things, I'll say things to our son, and like for instance. Mira, you know, that means look. So sometimes if I want him to look at something and I'm saying it in Spanish, I'm like, hey, mira, mira, mira. But that also means stop in Shona. So I was like, well, we're definitely going to, he's going to be confused as he looks at this. Funny. He'll thank you guys someday, though. He might be confused at first, but someday he'll be like, that's pretty cool. Maybe he'll get to uh, bypass all the stupid foreign language classes they make you take in public school here if he already has three of them down. Maybe maybe he'll thrive in them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's really cool. I enjoyed hearing kind of both your perspectives on that. And I know, obviously, you know, you're early on in parenting, and I'm sure more and more lessons will come, but that's really cool. And another aspect of being in an intercultural and interracial marriage. So really interesting. I don't want to keep you guys too much longer by any means, but I did want to ask, since you are passionate about sharing on this whole topic and, you know, you do a podcast on it, what do you like to give as advice for, you know, maybe younger intercultural couples or interracial couples and also advice for 
people maybe who aren't in an intercultural relationship or anything, but just want to learn and be supportive of friends who are or whatever it is, what what advice do you like to give? Well, I think not every intercultural or interracial relationship is the same. So there's not any uniform advice we can give, you know, because everybody's going to have their own nuance and their own yeah. struggles, but also their own triumphs. So, you know, my, my broad general advice is, I think I said this earlier, is just ask questions. Go in with a heart of understanding and go in with empathy. And if you are going in asking questions, thoughtful questions, not questions, you know, off the cuff, but thoughtful questions. Don't like Google, like questions to ask black people. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you white? (laughs) I don't think my husband's watched Mean Girls, so he doesn't get that quote. Um, I'm I'm tracking with you. (laughs) You know, I quoted Mean Girls to my students and they were like, what are you talking about, Mrs. Mushayamunda? And I was like, wow. (laughs) Oh no. Is that irrelevant now? (laughs) They weren't even alive when that movie came out. So that's yikes. Yeah. And then I like pulled out my walker and my cane and (laughs) my dentures in the the bedside table. But Yeah. yeah, so I think you know, just being really thoughtful in your questioning, listen to understand, don't listen to respond. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. You beat me to it. <laughs> like we are married. Well, it's good advice. We did have a podcast about that, didn't we? I don't even remember. Yeah, I'm we, sure did. we did. Yeah, we, we <laughs> talked about listening to, to understand that. And I think that encompasses communication, uh, healthy communication. Yeah. Healthy communication is not... Let me listen so that I can get my point across so I can win this. But healthy communication is let me listen so that I can, because the words of this person is the window to their soul. The really hard, I'd say untamed advice I would give if you are, let's say if you're a part, if you're white in America or a part of any majority culture, let's say that Christina and it's me, I'm a minority. I think it's so important to have humility and listening to understand. Because if you're a minority and you're in an intercultural relationship, you already feel, as far as like representation speaks, you really are not represented already. So mm-hmm. when you're in a relationship, you want to make sure that you make them feel represented. Um, yeah. You want to make sure that their thoughts, their values are important to you. For me, um, I'll share this with Christina, with Christina about my parents. Like we don't have a big Zimbabwean community. So a lot of the things that we do is like a taste of home. Mm-hmm. So how can you bring a taste of home in your relationship if you're in an intercultural relationship? How can you do that? How can you make that environment? And that includes, you know, Christina would make Zimbabwean food. Like she learned, you know, how to make Zimbabwean food. She, My mom taught her, which is awesome. So every now and then she'll surprise me because she knows that's like home for me. Or she knows I love a certain type of Zimbabwean tea. So there's just different things that are so important if you are part of the majority culture to make sure that your partner feels a taste of home in different ways. And that includes listening, right? To know what they like, what they don't like. Yeah. Because I think if we're not careful, uh, the danger is that American culture comes with its bells and whistles and it's very Hollywood-esque and it's attractive to the world and we like it because we all get sucked into it. Like, people from around the world would come here like coming to america like literally i you know one of christina's siblings he's from haiti he thought justin bieber lived in their neighborhood 
I mean, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but that's what the world thinks of America. So I think that after a while, you, you start remembering your roots. So you don't want to look back 20 years from now and say, man, I wish my wife would have tried more to uh-huh. practice my culture, my home, or you don't want to have any kind of resentment. So I think it's so important. So I hope that kind of makes sense a little bit. Yeah. Because those are, those are things that I'm growing, I'm learning, and I'm appreciating. Because yeah. the older you become, the more nostalgic you you become of certain things. Yeah. Everybody has a certain thing that their grandma did or their mom did or their dad. And they want their husband to do it. And imagine if the husband didn't do it. Um, or tradition, family tradition. So yeah. I think just take it back on Christina, listening to understand, not listening to respond is probably uh-huh. the big advice. Yeah. And the last piece of advice, sorry about this. Oh, no, you're good. Get out of your comfort zone. Okay. Get out of your comfort zone. What does that mean? It means that if you are in this relationship, interracial or intercultural, what are you doing to get out of your comfort zone so that you can learn something about that person and their culture? Christina, because she married me and dated me, she began to be the minority in a lot of circles because of my friends and my family. Uh, That gave her a new perspective because she hadn't been a minority before. Yeah. But she chose to get out of her comfort zone. Right. So what are you doing that gives you the ability to say, hey, I don't really truly understand how you feel, but I'm going to try my best to get out of my comfort zone to meet you in the middle. Yeah. That's all I have. Sorry for... No, don't apologize. I think I, I mean, I was kind of smiling as you guys both answered just because I'm like, I feel like most of what you're sharing is just great relationship advice in general, no matter what kind of relationship you're in. So it's great to hear, I think for anybody, but no, I really liked what you said too, about like being in the majority culture versus the minority culture. And I feel like Not to say this is the same thing, but even as a woman, I feel like that translates to some of my experiences where so often, you know, especially in the workplace, but just in the culture that we live in in general, like I feel unheard or or whatever it is. And so when my husband goes out of his way to make me feel like, no, actually your opinion is like really valued here. That's not something that the world tends to give me. So, so I, I totally got what you were saying there. So really cool awesome you have a great husband that i do i i agree with that (laughs) okay so i always ask everybody at the very end if they had to pick a main message for listeners what would it be that i mean i think we probably answered that what our yeah i mean our main message really is what our podcast main message is Mm -hmm. you know continue to reveal the beauty and uniqueness in your relationship so uh, regardless of whether you're in an intercultural relationship or not, or interracial mm-hmm. or not, you get to celebrate the uniqueness of your relationship that you have mm-hmm. with your partner. We all look at the world through the eyes of social media, and social media isn't the Bible. It's not true. It's fake. And sometimes we look and think other people have it better than us, but all of us on this journey called life, and we're trying to to love each other well. So I think our main message is, hey, find the beauty and the uniqueness in your relationship and celebrate it. Make it your strength. And then your weaknesses, you know, continue to work on those, but make sure that your uniqueness is what unites you and not your differences and not your your weaknesses. Mm, That's a great message. 
Okay, a couple fun questions before I let you go, and you can both answer them, or if just one of you wants to answer, that's fine too. But do you guys have a book recommendation for people? I always ask, what's the most impactful book that you've read? And that can be about anti-racist work or intercultural relationships or something totally unrelated. But what would you say? I love fiction, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna give a fiction book. Okay. Am I okay. stealing your book? No. Idea? I wonder. I think, <laughs> I think is you it probably behold. Yes. The dreamers. Yes. Is that what's called? Yeah, it's called <laughs> Behold the Dreamers. By I believe her name's Mbolum Bold. And she writes a story about an immigrant family from Cameroon who comes to try to achieve the American dream. And I can't tell you anymore or else I will ruin the ending. But it (laughs) is a very realistic depiction of what it looks like to come to America legally as a documented immigrant and Uh really try to to build a life here. Mm, That sounds cool. She stole my book recommendation. I thought you said I didn't steal it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why that was my first one. Okay. The second one I have is Between the World and Me. Oh, that one's so sad. Um, by oh, yeah. Tana Tanahasi Coates. Yeah. Hopefully, I pronounced his name correctly. You did. I, I, I looked it up recently. Okay. <laughs> okay <good. laughs> and I think he's I think he's a son of Nigerian Nigeria. immigrants, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's another phenomenal book of a black American. I mean, he's a child of immigrants, but his narrative of growing up black and, and finding that nuance of how do I fit into this, this weird world. And it's, it's a hard read, but it's a very important read. So uh-huh. definitely a, a book recommendation for me. Awesome. That's a good one. What about, since you guys are podcasters yourselves, do you have any podcast recommendations or something else like a documentary, anything you've listened to or watched recently that you think everybody should hear? I'm currently in the middle of reading The New Jim Crow. Oh, yeah. And I'm listening to an audiobook, so I guess that's something I'm listening to. Yes, that counts. And I, if you want the, you know, the bite-sized version, 13th, uh, is it 13th? Is that what it's called? on that yeah 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 that's the bite-sized version but I am finding that to be a really phenomenal resource in understanding the legalities behind mass incarceration right now and so for in this season right now where you know a lot of police brutality and mass incarceration is in the news um, that book is really opening my eyes on what how it is really like the new Jim Crow segregation law. So mm-hmm. I would recommend that one. I'm not finished yet. And I always feel nervous recommending something before I finish it. Um, <laughs> but it's phenomenal. I'm, I've got like two hours left of the book, I think. And it's, it's really, really eye opening. That's cool. I actually had to read that for grad school and I feel kind of guilty now because I had like 20 books that I had to read and so I was like I wasn't reading them super in depth and was doing a lot of skimming and you know kind of picking and choosing where I needed to read but now I'm like man wish I had just given that one more time. (laughs) Yeah and I like listening to it on audio as well just because especially for me with nonfiction books I intake information better if I'm listening to it. Right. So that would be that would be my recommendation. Good to know. I am currently past five months I have been only listening to cheesy dad stuff <laughs> and also lawn care. lawn care stuff so I don't think I'm in the 
<laughs> in the state to recommend anything. However, there's many other like podcasts. Like lawn care you know, podcasts? Yes, and YouTube videos. And, yes, it's weird. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I didn't know there was such a thing. Like, I didn't know that Neither was such a thing. Neither did I, McKinsey. Neither did I. Wow. Okay, but, well, I've been warned not to ask too many follow-up questions about that, so... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, last but not least, what about a brand or product that you guys are really liking lately? It can be um, something you've figured out with parenting or or not. The taking care of baby's newborn sleeping class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, we got her newborn and three to four month bundle. And it really revolutionized our sleep. I, you know, I feel some cognitive dissonance recommending her based on some you know there's been some controversy around her in the past couple of weeks but I'm I've decided to not participate in cancel culture yeah and recognize that she still offers value Uh as someone who helps parents get sleep and we love our sleep so that's that's the product I love lately yeah yep (laughs) on the same page too that's that's a really good question about a product that or brand that I'm really enjoying I think I am enjoying my airpods pro (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> These people are getting they're, like, no, they're noise canceling <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. really they're noise canceling yeah the airpods pro the new ones are noise canceling and they have really cool and christina got those right before we had our son because she was like hey we may have some long nights so here you go not because i want not because i'm nice yeah but I <laughs> it was because i was like hey you know what if you have noise canceling headphones <laughs> then i can give him to you if he's screaming his head off and i can go get my nails done that was no no it was the opposite you said that <laughs> no yeah I, well because he he worked outside of the home for the and i stayed home with our son for the first four months and so i was like you need your sleep mm-hmm. and i can sleep during the day so so nice yeah that is nice that's very kind of you and apple if you're listening um we'll take your sponsorships wherever you want to go oh, <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, how can people find you if they want to listen to your podcast or follow along with you on social media? What's the best way to connect with you guys? Yeah, so we are on Instagram and Facebook at the Culture Talk Collective. And then you can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify. I mean, literally anywhere podcasts okay. are found. And I'm excited because season two, we're recording for season two. So season two is coming up. And we are actually also building a private uh, Facebook group for uh, for our listeners. So we're excited to get more yeah. people engaged to to ask them questions in a safe space and um, get to get to know our listeners more intentionally. So uh, we're excited for season two, and season two we'll be interviewing lots of people as well. So the first season we kind of just uh, shared our journey and and kind of talked a little bit but we'll have a little we'll have a good healthy mix uh this coming season cool that's awesome well i can't wait to see what you guys do i think you're providing a really great resource for so many people i love this mission that you're on together so thank you for coming on the show and just taking the time to share with us about your story and like i said even though i'm not in an intercultural relationship i got lots of great relationship advice so thank you guys for taking the time to be vulnerable and and share i really appreciate it absolutely thank you so much for having us Mackenzie I hope you all were enlightened yes hey thank you so much Mackenzie we hope to talk to you soon we'll 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 visit the beach soon as well yes please do (laughs) 
celebrating our differences and listening to understand better. What concepts, right? I can't help but think that if we all did this a little more often, that the world would be a more peaceful place. Like I said, Christina and Pi have all the good relationship advice for whatever kind of relationship you're in, and I just loved all the tips that they had on listening and good communication and on getting out of your comfort zone to make the other person in the relationship feel more comfortable. I also really appreciated their willingness to share on the struggles that 2020 brought. I think it's a great reminder for white folks especially to put in the work and do the research themselves when it comes to being anti-racist and not just relying on our black friends or acquaintances to educate us. I know I needed that reminder myself. So much good stuff. And hey, if you liked it, you'd probably like their podcast too. The links to connect with Pi and Christina and listen to their show are listed in the show notes, which you can view on my website, heartfelthippy.com, or just by scrolling down on whatever podcast player you're listening to. Everything else we referenced today is there too, including the link to Shop Goods and Better Store. So make sure you check that out and don't forget about leaving a review for the show while you're over there. Oh, and hey, don't forget about subscribing too. Subscribing to the show is free and easy to do. I promise I won't spam you. It just ensures that you get every new episode that's available. There will be a new guest and a new episode out next week, so make sure you tune in for that. Until then, remember to focus on people instead of politics. Remember to listen so that you can understand instead of listening to respond. And keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out.